The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents a 25th Silver Anniversary College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, here's your host, Phil Houck. Playing in California to end the season is nice. Winning in California to end the season would be better. Let's assess that possibility. On October 2nd, Stanford defeated number three at the time, Oregon, 31-24, to raise their record to 3-2, and and all was looking up in Palo Alto. But since then, Stanford has lost six straight, a season in shambles. This week, as the Irish come visiting, Stanford has nothing to lose. In fact, this is Stanford's bowl game, a proud program looking to salvage something from a once promising year. And playing in California, we're alternating each year between Stanford and USC. The Irish have closed out their season since 1998. Has not been easy. In fact, in those games played in California since Brian Kelly came to town, the Irish are just 5-5, five and five, and against the Stanford Cardinal, Brian Kelly teams have been 1-4 and four while visiting the state of California. 1-4. and four. In 2011, number 6 Stanford and Andrew Luck took out the 22nd-ranked Irish, who were led that day by Andrew Hendricks, 28-14. In 2013, number 8 Stanford intercepted Tommy Reese late and held on to a 27-20 victory. In 2015, the number 6 Irish were knocking on the door for a playoff berth, but Deshaun Kaiser, Josh Adams, and Will Fuller fell short on a last-second field goal, 38 36. In 2017, the number eight Irish and Brandon Wimbush had no answer for KJ Costello, who tossed four touchdown passes en route to a 38 20 Stanford win. In 2019, Brian Kelly finally broke through and won for the first time on the farm. Ian Book tossed four touchdown passes, including two of them to Chase Claypool, in a 45 24 romp. Nonetheless, one and four. Traveling to California to end the season is nice, but winning in California to end the season has not been easy in the Brian Kelly era. This week, the 10-1 Irish look to finalize their playoff resume against a 3-8 Stanford team that has nothing to lose. The records make the matchup look lopsided, but the history of closing out the season in California might suggest that the Irish exercise a bit of caution. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, Senior Editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Raise the bar with only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish!
This is Art Salzberg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Sharon McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Sharon McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Sharon McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sharon McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Shearer McCulloch. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Hi, this is Brett Rump. Congratulations, Phil and Tim. 25 great years of Fighting Irish Preview. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim Priester, you know, in some ways, Georgia Tech was nearly a perfect game. Total domination from start to finish. And if you wanted style points, you got them last week. Do you think that Brian Kelly went into this game looking for style points? Or do you think that just sometimes games like that happen? I think it's a combination of both, Phil. I think since it was a topic coming out of Virginia, it might have been on his mind. Not not necessarily because he thought that the committee would, the playoff committee would uh, would respect that more. But, you know, you he can't help but hear some of the commentary that goes on. And he brought up style points after the game. And, and as far as how it relates to the Georgia Tech game, Georgia Tech just is at the end of the rope and, um, you know, made themselves vulnerable to getting hammered. Notre Dame took advantage, of course. Anytime you get defensive touchdowns in, the, in there, Notre Dame had two. That's when the score balloons, just like it did when Notre Dame played Wisconsin. So I think it was kind of a combination. I, he hears the talk. Otherwise, he wouldn't have brought it up. But he stressed again that it's not game control is what he's more concerned with with, than the score. And I think his career has proven that out. Yeah, his buzzword, game control instead of style points. But he did seem pleased with himself after the game that uh, he said something along the lines of, well, I'm going to be a popular guy this week because we even checked the style points box. Uh, well, the plays of the game had to be uh, really on defense. Jack Kaiser's pick six and MTA's uh, senior day 70-yard scamper to the end zone off of Isaiah Foskey's strip sack. Over 12 quarters now, uh, no touchdowns given up. There really is a lot going on here that that didn't go on before Marcus Freeman came to town. Tim, describe what the Irish are doing differently defensively as opposed to the Clark Lee era and those were some pretty good defenses before, but it just looks different. Well, I think it took some time for them to get accustomed to the change in style. It was a, a dramatic change in style, whereas Clark Lee 
uh, you know, wanted to keep the football in front of them. This is an attacking approach, and they really attacked against Georgia Tech. I mean, they were bringing linebackers on a, on a regular basis, and Tariq Bracey was coming off the edge. I just think it's an adaptation to what they're trying to do. They're, uh, they're playing more free and easy and flying to the football. The best example is Ramon Henderson, who moved from cornerback to safety. We have a feature on him this week. Uh, he had never played safety, not even in high school, and he gets a pick in, in his first game as a starter and his first game at safety when they play Virginia. So I really think that it's, you know, it's November. They've, they, they have a lot of depth. They've played a lot of players. Uh, the younger players are stepping up. I think it's multiple things that are contributing to this strong finish defensively. Yeah, a dramatic change in attack is right. And it seems to me that his style seems to be to get his best athletes on the field and let them uh, – let them take advantage of their athleticism, free and easy. That's a buzzword we've heard many, many times. And Ramon Henderson playing safety, that is a remarkable story uh, because he looks very, very comfortable at that position with very little experience. Uh, Tim, one other player I'd like to feature a little because he really has come on to be a big contributor on this defense, Isaiah Pryor, a transfer from Ohio State. He came in two years ago as a safety Saw very little action last year, but this season he's now teaming with Jack Kaiser at Rover. He's been super effective, particularly against the run. Currently seventh on the team in tackles. Ten tackles and a sack last week. Timmy was all over the place. Grade that team of him and Kaiser and maybe compare that a little bit to the Jeremiah Wusakoromoa era because is the sum of those two guys equal to what we got out of Koromoa? Statistically, almost. You know, Isaiah Pryor, I mean, he was a five-star guy coming out of high school, went to Ohio State. That He was overranked. I think even he would probably admit that. And when he came to Notre Dame, they just didn't like his fit at safety. Now, he's been forced to do that a little bit, but the the rover position fits him so well. You know, you talk about 10 tackles and seventh on the team in tackles. He really hasn't played a ton. I, compared to the other guys on defense, he doesn't have nearly as many snaps, but he's he's versatile. Um, you know, he's a guy that I, I think they found the best position for him near the line of scrimmage. When he can get upfield, that's when he's at his best. Um, you know, you'd like to see him exercise the opportunity to come back for another year next year. Jack Kaiser is just a football player. His football instincts are outstanding. And so I think when you combine the two, um, you know, Owusu Kormo is absolutely spectacular. Neither one of those guys have that kind of talent. But when you combine the two, you know, I mean, statistically, the productivity is very, very similar to what JOK had last year. Well, Marcus Freeman seems to have dialed in the art of situational substitutions. And uh, so you get those two guys in there to maximize their skill sets, and it's really working well. And here's another question about Pryor. Any chance he comes back for a sixth year? You know, it's a question that has um, not been directed to Brian Kelly, per se, not that he would answer that. I, I think everything's on the table. I, I, he would be a, a very valuable piece to, to keep within the, the defensive scheme. Uh, th- but here's the problem, Phil, that – Roster management is at, at an extreme level this year with, you know, fifth-year seniors and COVID-year uh, players, and you've got, you know, 20-plus guys coming in. It's going to be – they're going to have to make some really, really difficult decisions. For example, a guy like Paul Mawala, who under normal circumstances would get a fifth year. I, I, I don't think that he will. 
does prior fall under that category? They're going to have to draw the line somewhere. I hope he, he can be included on the 2022 team. That would be great. I think I heard that prior somewhere that prior will have earned two graduate degrees already. So, you know, if he came back, because he's been here for two years as a grad student, if he came back for another one, he could leave as Dr. Pryor, if you think about it. <laughs> Tim, the, the, the Irish now up to sixth in the CFP rankings, just what I predicted would, would happen after what happened last weekend. Tim, Brian Kelly did it this week in his press conference, but I want to hear Tim Priester state the case. If you are arguing for it, tell us why the Irish are playoff worthy. Well, I don't think that they're playoff worthy yet because i would have them ranked sixth as well so um yeah yeah but i want you to want you to argue for it tell us why you think you know if you're trying to convince this committee what 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 is this team doing well right now well they're playing great defense Uh, they're playing dominant defense they're playing their best football at the end of the season which i think counts for a lot you know what you do in september is important so you can stay alive for a college football playoff berth but they're playing their best football right now. Their offense has clicked. You know, Brian Kelly talks about balance on both sides of the ball. They have balance going now. They've got the offense rolling uh, and, and the defense playing at a really dominant level. So I, I, you, you definitely could argue that this Notre Dame team, um, you know, is one of the best teams in the country. And with a little bit of more attrition up in front of them, they're definitely worthy of strong consideration at this point and then inclusion if some things fall their way. And their only losses to another playoff team. I would also throw that in there. So what is the path, though, for the for the Final Four for the Irish? Because some things have got to happen. And I'll tell you, the one thing that I think really that most Notre Dame fans aren't thinking about is the risk or the likelihood that the Big 12 champion would end up in the Final Four and leapfrog over a Notre Dame team. Go ahead. Yeah, they what they don't need is for Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma twice because I think they would they would deserve to jump Notre Dame at that point. Really, you know, and this is what <laughs> this is what I've been saying all week. There's the assumption that Georgia is going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. Have we really gotten to the point where we can assume that Alabama is going to lose a football game? I, I'm not there yet, and so I think it's really key that Georgia does beat Alabama for Notre Dame's playoff chances, because if Alabama beats Georgia, which I am predicting right now, um, both of them make the, the, uh, the playoffs. If Ohio state, depending upon who wins Ohio state, Michigan, and then the big 10 championship game, that team is included. And I just think that if Cincinnati goes undefeated and defeats Houston in the American conference championship game, I think they will be included too. So Right now, I think more than anything, Notre Dame needs Georgia to beat Alabama, and I'm not convinced that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the first box to check is Stanford this week, but then the next one is going to be getting a loss, another a second loss for Alabama. Tim, Kirk Herbstreit keeps acting like Brian Kelly would be interested in moving on to USC. Uh, but Tim, my life is all about logic. <laughs> there, that would make zero sense to me. But you got to ask, and you did ask, you head on, you asked Brian Kelly this week about the story. So what was the story? How did Brian Kelly respond? Well, first of all, you had to, you had to couch it by saying, if you choose, uh, to, other than choosing to retire from college football, would you leave Notre Dame of your own volition? And he flat out said no, twice. Um, he did make a joke about, you know, uh, Tomlin with the Pittsburgh Steelers making the $250 million reference and that he'd have to run that by Mrs. Kelly. But uh, 
no, I, it, it does. It, it makes no sense at this, at this part of Brian Kelly's career, he's not looking to reinvent himself or go into a program that's broken, which is what USC is. Yeah. Can they attract a lot of talent? No doubt about it, but it does not make any sense that Brian Kelly would uproot himself and his wife and, and the family in South Bend. They just built a mansion in South Bend. I'm not really sure why they're doing that other than they can afford it for the next few years while he's still under contract, which is through 2024, but it makes no sense. And Kirk Herbstreet continuing to push the envelope with that. I thought it was important to just ask Brian Kelly directly. Yeah. I, it makes no sense for him to leave and uh, he's built way too much here to walk away from it. Okay. What, and I should have asked this when, when we were talking about, what would happen if the Irish uh, don't make the Final Four? So here goes. If the Irish do win out and don't make the playoffs, where are they going? If Cincinnati makes the playoffs, Notre Dame is going to the Fiesta Bowl, I would predict against Michigan. If Cincinnati doesn't make the playoffs, they go to the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame goes to the Peach Bowl against the winner of the ACC, which would be, um, you know, Wake Forest. Clemson still has you know, Wake, Wake Forest is at Boston College this weekend, so that will be a big determiner as to who represents the ACC in the Peach Bowl. So Michigan or the ACC champ, two pretty good matchups, particularly that Michigan matchup would be spicy. Tim, it's our annual Thanksgiving week show, our 25th, and we always talk about at this time what we're thankful for. And Tim, it, it, it can be a player, a tradition, or something personal, but try and give it a Notre Dame football spin. What is in your Notre Dame football world, Tim, that you are thankful for this year? Well, I will go back uh, 55 years to 1966, and I'm thankful for my older brother, uh, one of my two older brothers, Mike, who's five years older than me, being a huge Notre Dame fan. I'm thankful for our family having a great relationship with the parish priest at St. Mary the Assumption so that at the age of six, I could watch the 10-10 tie between Notre Dame and Michigan State in 66 with my brother. Uh, my father and our parish priest. That's where I learned how to be a Notre Dame fan. And uh, I'm extremely thankful that I've been able to, to carve out a career covering Notre Dame. Yeah, I, you know, my story has some similarities. Yours is a great one. That's where it all started for you. You know, I'm thankful, first of all, that I was just born in South Bend and in the same hospital where George Gipp died, by the way. And was raised in uh, just in this great tradition that's become such a huge part of my life. And I'm thankful this year in particular that despite COVID and everything that's gone along with it, that Notre Dame has found a way to get guys like me back in the press box and I'm able to do what I love. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 367th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. 
Flight by Yingling. Now available wherever beer is sold. DJ Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. In the 2018 Missouri State High School Championship game, Kyron Williams set a championship game record by rushing for 289 yards while leading his team to victory. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The Irish traveled to Palo Alto to finish up the regular season at Stanford this week. TV coverage on Fox begins at 8 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. And this year, in honor of 25 years on the air, we are focusing on the great running backs of the Fighting Irish preview years, the last quarter century. And so far, here is the honor roll, the great running backs of the last 25 years, Autry Denson, Julius Jones, Ryan Grant, Darius Walker, Armando Allen, Theo Riddick, Cam McDaniel, C.J. Procise, Josh Adams, Dexter Williams, and Tony Jones Jr. And our last honoree, is a bit out of the ordinary because he's still playing, but he's an obvious choice. Kyron Williams. The number 22 ranked running back nationally out of St. Louis, Kyron Williams led his high school team to the 5A state championship and totaled 40 touchdowns his senior year. 5'9", 199 pounds, Williams was an early enrollee in January of 2019, but saw very limited action and redshirted his first year. And then 2020 happened. Against the backdrop of COVID, Williams ascended to the top of the depth chart and never relinquished that position. In game one against Duke, he rushed for 112 yards, caught two passes for another 93, and scored twice. And the big numbers rolled in. 185 yards against Florida State, 127 against Louisville, multiple TD games, and he developed a reputation for ferocious pass blocking. And then number one Clemson came to town. On the first play of the game, Williams set the tone for an exciting ND victory when he went on a 65-yard TD run that will long be remembered by Notre Dame fans. He finished that day with 140 yards and three TDs as the Irish prevailed in overtime. Two weeks later, in a key matchup against North Carolina, he came up big again with 124 yards and two TDs. Kyron closed out the 2020 season with 1,125 yards rushing, 313 yards receiving, 14 touchdowns, and was a vocal leader of the Irish on and off the field. 2021 has been more of the same. Elected team captain, the season from a number standpoint started slowly, mostly due to an unsettled offensive line. But as the line stabilized, Williams took off. 138 yards against USC, and then 199 against North Carolina. The North Carolina game included a spectacular 91-yard TD run that had it all. A complete field reversal, a devastating stiff arm to free himself around the corner, and a race to the end zone. With one regular season game remaining, he's run for 928 yards and caught passes for another 339. So far in 2021, he has scored 15 touchdowns. He has seemingly knocked his role as captain out of the park. After his performance against North Carolina, Brian Kelly said that Williams' leadership impacts not just the players on the offense, but the defense as well. 
Tim, earlier in the season, I tried to explain his running style, and I came up with patient as his most dominant trait. And next, I said he has the ability to maximize every run. Even when stuffed behind the line, he seems to find a way to gain a yard or two. So, Tim Priester, how do you describe the greatness of Kyron Williams? And is there any chance that he could return for another season? I've got so many words to describe him. Uh, you know, I, I, he, he is just an absolutely complete running back. He has a great low center of gravity. I, I don't know if I've said on this show or or elsewhere, but in another lifetime, he'd be a tremendous gymnast. Could you see Kyron Williams doing the floor routine as a gymnast? He he has that kind of ability, but he's he's tough. He's motivated. He's dedicated to his teammates. He's fearless. And at the end of the day, he can run it, he can catch it, he can block it, and he can return it. He's as complete a running back as Nordame probably has ever had. And is there any chance he comes back for another year? I'd say there's a chance. I, I know that emotionally on senior day, it moved him from the people that I talked to. So I would say there's a chance. But, you know, I, I think when push comes to shove and he has to make the right decision for himself, his family, and his career, um, there's only so many hits a running back's body can take, and he needs to move on to the NFL. And ultimately, I think he will do that after this season. So you're telling me there's a chance. Okay. Uh, the great Kyron Williams, another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Stanford is 3-9. and nine. Five weeks into the season, they had the look of a dangerous team after they took out then number three ranked Oregon, 31 to 24 in overtime, and stood at three and two. And then the wheels fell off. Since then, they've lost six straight, including a 41 to 11 beatdown at the hands of Cal last week. Six foot six, 228 pound sophomore Tanner McKee leads the offense. He's a 64% passer and has thrown for 2,100 yards and 14 TDs with seven interceptions. Sacked 22 times. He has managed just 26 yards on 56 rushing attempts. Going back for years, it seems that Stanford always has a good tight end, and this year that guy is sophomore Benjamin Urasek. 6'5", 232 pounds. Urasek has 37 catches for 566 yards and two TDs. The Cardinals have other big targets, including 6'3", 235-pound wide receiver Elijah Higgins, who leads the team in catches with 42 and has scored four touchdowns. Juniors Austin Jones and Nathaniel Pete are both in the 5'10", 195 range, and they've handled most of the load for a rushing attack that averages just 90.5 yards per game. That ranks the Cardinals 126th nationally. Defensively, the Cardinals give up 232 yards rushing per game, which ranks 127th nationally. Along with that, they give up 31.3 points per game, 97th nationally. Brian Kelly this week did single out defensive end Thomas Booker and cornerback Kai Blue Kelly as top threats. Kelly has 10 passes defended and two interceptions. Historically, David Shaw teams are well-coached, physical, and win a lot of football games in 11 seasons at the helm. Shaw's an impressive 93-44 and and has been to three Rose Bowls, winning it twice. But since 2019, Stanford is 11-18. and And this year, besides the six-game losing streak, they are 121st in total offense and 109th in total defense. 
The win over a very good Oregon team certainly does not add up when you're looking at a 3-6 and six team ranked so poorly in so many categories. In taking a look at that game, Tanner McKee, while fighting through injury, was able to keep Stanford in the game by tossing three touchdown passes, and Oregon threw a key interception and committed 100 yards and penalties. Those mistakes ultimately led to Oregon's narrow loss. So, Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? There's really only one thing that Stanford does well, and it requires Tanner McKee being healthy. Uh, and he did come back, as you noted, against Cal after being injured. Uh, from talking to people at Stanford, it sounds like, you know, he could his leg injury uh, could resurface at any time, and then they absolutely have no chance. But it comes down to this. Can Notre Dame stop Tanner McKee throwing to his big receiving core of Benjamin Urosic and Elijah Higgins and John Humphreys? If they do that, this is a real one-sided football game. Well, there you go. Just uh, control that passing game. Don't let it beat you, and the Irish should be just fine. And that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage Key player for the Irish? Well, you know, I, I think that Notre Dame can do just about anything they want to do offensively. If Stanford is is halfway decent in anything defensively, it's defending the pass. But that's mainly because teams have run all over Stanford uh, at 5.8 yards per carry, and they don't have to throw it that, that much. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, to Kyron Williams here as we go into the the uh, uh, final game of the regular season. The only problem there might be that they might uh, distribute the football to a bunch of guys, but I think at the end of the day, Kyron Williams has a huge game for Notre Dame against this Stanford defense giving up 5.8 yards per carry. Okay, turn it over to the great – Kyron Williams, and that is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the Injury Report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy, your choice for physical therapy now with 21 Indiana locations. Tim, where do the Irish stand health-wise this week? Jack Kaiser with with an ankle issue. Well, yeah, that's really about the only one, Phil. I mean, and last week, uh, Brian Kelly had a pretty much a clean bill of health going into the Georgia Tech game. It's Jack, Jack Kaiser. Uh, Brian Kelly's not always real accurate on his assessment of injuries and when guys will bounce back, but apparently Kaiser's um, injury was not serious and they expect him to play this week. So, you know, I think the depth is really showing up at this time of the year because Nordin is very healthy going into their last regular season game. Okay. And let's hope that flu bug uh, has run its course as well. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world famous Irish Illustrated prediction brought to you by Polypro. Beautiful, four times stronger than epoxy, lifetime warranty garage floors in one day. Check them out at polyprofloors.com. My wife and I love our Polypro floor. Look them up on Facebook or go to polyprofloors.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by 19 points. What does America's foremost authority say? Well, the playoffs have started for Notre Dame, and, and that's the way this team is looking at it. I, I, Having been around seven players on Monday night and Brian Kelly on Monday, this team is ascending right now. They're extremely confident. They're playing quality football on both sides. Uh, so this is the this the playoffs have started for Notre Dame. Now, Brian Kelly mentioned that Stanford will, will look at this as their bowl game, but they are just reeling at three and eight with the six losses in a row that you mentioned. 
I think this is a one-sided game, Phil. I have Notre Dame 44, Stanford 13. 44 to 13, a blowout in favor of the Irish. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And Tim, uh, the Irish just need to stay away from a bunch of mistakes. As you said, I totally agree. They are a very focused team, so they're not likely to make a bunch of mistakes. And Stanford, I think, really more than anything, probably just wants to get this thing over with. I'll take the Irish. Notre Dame 38, Stanford 13. Thanks, Tim. Happy Thanksgiving, and I will see you in Palo Alto. Thanks, Phil. Happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody out there. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.